1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Libra Cristo War College. Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, and I'm waiting for my partner, Dr. Dan Schneider. I think I'm on. He's... I'm on, Jess. Dan on, is Jess. on. Hey, uh... I'm I'm 10 8 for Jesus, and I'm... <laughs> every time I hear that introduction, I start laughing. That is that was uh, some of the guys from the Shield. My brother-in-law did the voice. We just did it as a goof, and uh, and I, and every time I, I I listen to that, I laugh. And I love the one of you back in the uh, in the 80s when you're doing the Catholic Power Team. That is classic, Jess Romero. Just... <laughs> Classic. That's the Jess Romero that I fell in love with. <laughs> That's when I decided that I wanted Jess Romero bobbleheads and, and what's those things, you, the wall hangers, man. This is what I was all in on Team Jess. Yeah. I wanted to be on your fight team, man. I wanted to walk in on your fight. I want to be the guy in the corner just holding the spit bucket for Jess Romero. Anyway, well, that's classic. Yeah, classic. yeah, those are... <laughs> Fun memories, Dan. Fun memories. <laughs> now we're just old guys. I'm not sure we can take a punch like we used to. Exactly. Physically, but uh, it, yeah. Yeah. Hey, no, no. But 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 our our spiritual punches are a lot stronger now. We're older and wiser. I say that because I've trained I've trained some fighters over the, the last you know five ten years. Just young guys working with them. What I've noticed is when I've done a little sparring, um, I can hit harder than I ever. I could hit harder now as a 55 or 57 year old than I could back then. I can hit just as hard. The last mm. thing that goes on a fighter is his punch, but I can't, I can't get out of the way of the punches anymore. You know? Right. And I can't absorb the blows like you used to. And I think spiritually there's some translation there. We just can't, you can't take the blows. You need more recovery time. And that, what does that mean for us spiritually? It means more prayer. I, I pray more now than I've ever prayed. When I was Amen. a young man, you know, a little bit of prayer and you could drive on and you could endure the battlefield has changed. We have to go with it. You have to. We have to go with this as well and be more more proactive. And for all the men and women out there listening um, that are a little bit long in the tooth, it's time to really start upping your prayer game and, and 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 really digging down deep in your prayer life because that's where the power of the soul, of the apostolate, is prayer. Especially for the patriarchs, Dan. You know, people, the men who are you know fathers, grandfathers, uh, uh, you know, people that are the patriarchs. Boy, oh boy, uh, you need to be prayer warriors. You need to be, uh, you know, wh- I, I, when I look at the Israelites, uh, when they were up on the walls in Jerusalem, and when they would see the enemy coming, you know, they would batten down the hatches, that shields would go up, and then they would start firing arrows. That's, every Catholic man is called to be a, a, pay, a man on the wall, a watchman on the wall. You see the enemy coming, batten down those hatches, shields up, and then grab the arrows and start firing away. Every man is called to be a watchman yeah. on the wall. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's very consistent uh, with, with the language of Scripture. You know, we see this again and again, the language of warfare in Scripture. Um, I've been doing a lot of interviews for the book and the book release. And, and a, one of the questions that always comes up is the question of authority. I've got a whole section on authority. And it's kind of the unpopular part of, of this ministry is, is the teachings on right authority. And so when you look at Ephesians, for example, 
this is building on what you just said. You look at Ephesians chapter 6. People always want me to give a talk on Ephesians 6 and, and the warfare elements of the shield and all these other, you know, spear and the sword. That's all cool stuff. But the, pre, the preamble to spiritual warfare of Ephesians chapter 6 and Ephesians chapter 5. The family. Says, uh, uh, um, the patriarch. Family. Wives, be subordinate to your husbands. And then we don't stop there, though. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, handing himself over for her, for her purity. So wives are called to be ordered under. That's all that word means, to be ordered under, right? Like it's a military term. But at the same time, that term also means that it also means to be under the protection of. And so so another image is the husband, the father, the head of household holds up his shield and he takes his family – his wife is his children. He places them in his temporal goods. He places them behind him, behind his shield. He lifts that shield. He holds up that sword, that gladius, and he says, I'm the first contact with the enemy. This is what upotasso means. It means he's the first one to engage the enemy. And most men today don't understand that. And if you're looking at pornography, you're addicted to video games, you know, you're, you know, you're doing all this boyish behavior, you've taken your shield and your sword, you place it in the corner, and you wonder why your family's falling apart. You've yeah. got to lift that shield up. You've got to engage the enemy. Your first contact, that's all that this means. You're the first contact. The enemy knows. He knows who first contact is. He knows, he knows who the strong man of the house is. You know, he, he knows he has to go through the man first. And how does he do that? It, 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 you know, there's many, many ways, the subtle seductions, if you will, uh, uh, to use the language that we're going to talk about today yeah. of Cardinal Rat, then Cardinal Ratzinger. It's subtle seductions to get us to lower our shield. Yeah, Dan, and, and this... Uh... You know, once men understand that their patriarchal role, it, it energizes them. Their, their soul is just, is just like quickened when they understand all this language of the scriptures and the responsibility that a man has. I've seen just men just light up when, you, when, you, when they start learning this. Uh, and, and once again, this is why the devil goes after men with a vengeance, because if he could take the man out... The family's basically unprotected. The, 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 the family's been stepped out, stepped out from under the protection of, of the shield, the patriarch shield, if the man can be taken out through mortal sin or through indifference or through neglect uh, or through lukewarmness. Uh, the, family, the family becomes yeah. virtually unprotected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, that, and, and it, this appeals, it appeals to us as men. And, and we have this distorted view of either effeminate men or overly machismo, you know, yeah. or guys today with their cool rock and these cool beards and cigars and bourbon, but they're soft. You know what I mean? They can't take a punch, yeah. you know, so to yeah. speak. You know what I mean? They, they, they equate yeah. manhood with masculine things, but masculinity is an interior dispensation. It's something, and look, you and I know uh, in the ring, you can't judge a fighter. I've been, you, you tell your fighters early on, you do not judge him by how he looks, right? Because you get a, the, the, the only the one or two times that I that I took a beat down was from guys that that didn't look very impressive with their shirts off and, and, and got into the ring and sparred these guys. Uh, uh, and I took and I took a shellacking, you know, hmm. uh, uh, from from guys like that. And sometimes the big, pretty guys with the big muscles, those guys are some of the easiest guys to, to, to be, you know. So yeah. so it isn't it's an interior. It's an interior disposition, not an exterior one. That's a good point, Dan. And I, like, I also like the point that you made that in Ephesians chapter 6 builds from Ephesians chapter 5. The whole spiritual warfare chapter in chapter 6, it presupposes that there's proper order in chapter 5 in the family structure. 
if there's proper order and St. Paul gives us the proper order of the family structure, then you can move on to spiritual warfare in in chapter 6 and now you can defend yourself and your family when there's proper order and the proper order is given to us in chapter 5. Yeah, you can't separate those two chapters when we're talking about spiritual warfare and a lot of people think they're just different you know, different topics. They're not. They Chapter 5 builds upon chapter 6, and chapter 6 presupposes chapter 5 that the family's in order. Right. And th- this is one of the things when we talk about the imposition of order in the home, it's, just, it's, it's getting that, it's getting this, this element of it established. And, and so, yeah, we have to have an ordered prayer life. Um, that, that's part of the imposition of order is having your prayer life in order, a disciplined prayer life, praying together as husband and wife. But, it dis- but that is a very key element uh, of getting this element, this section of your marriage and your home in order. And it's, it's not about merit. It's not about merit. We make this misconception today. It's not about merit. It's, it's, it's about who is, who is, through natural law, God has established to, to be, again, first engagement, to provide the protection. Remember that the, the uh, um, let me get online here. Hold on. The, 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 uh, the the enemy wants us uh, to uh, lose sight of that. Sight of that. Uh, the twofold ends of the of the protect, authority structure to provide and to protect. This is the that's, that this is why God gives you authority structure. If He puts you in as head of household, He puts you as a parish priest. This is the office from which you militate, and you stay within that office, and you militate for these two ends to provide and to protect. And so the constant temptation is going to be to usurp. Those under authority will will be tempted to usurp the authority of those that they're under, and those who are in authority, the temptation will be to abdicate, to not engage, to not raise that shield up, right, and say, no, you're gonna have to get through me first. I'm the first one. I'm the one that you're gonna that that's gonna be first making contact and engaging the enemy. Yeah, that's uh, I, I like the way you said that. The, the husband is the first one to contact the enemy or make contact with the enemy. Hey, Dan, I want to uh, uh, share a story here. Somebody sent us a... Hold on, I lost you, Jess. Okay, uh, I can hear you. I want to share... Well, we got about a minute left, but I'm going to share an anecdotal story. Somebody sent us an email about their experience with the Harry Potter book, and then I want to just get Dan's reflections. And so you're listening to Wednesday War College. As Catholics, one of the things that we seem to have forgotten, and we've got to return back to first principles is we have forgotten how to discern the clean from the unclean. And as Catholics, uh, we have to know, based our own, on our own interior life, uh, proper order, what's clean, what's unclean. And we also have to know for our household, for our family, we have to know what's clean from unclean. And there are some things in our household, that, in, in the house that most Catholics, we probably should get rid of. Anything that smacks of divination, Anything that smacks of superstition, anything that smacks of the occult, anything that smacks of the dark arts, we have to get rid of these things and we have to make sure that not only are we living an interior clean life, but we also, especially as Catholic men, but we also have to make sure that we're living an external, an exterior clean life. My name is Jess Romero, Dr. Dan Schneider. We're talking about, uh, uh, again, discernment how to discern what's clean from unclean. And I'm going to share a story from a, uh, somebody who sent me an email, their experience with the Harry Potter books. Stick around. We'll be right back.
We're back. Wednesday War College. Jess Romero, Dr. Dan Schneider, talking about Catholic spiritual warfare. Dan, I want to share a story of somebody who sent an email to us, and it's an anecdotal story. Uh, they they talk about their experience with the Harry Potter book. So okay. one of our listeners, one of our listeners sent an email. I won't mention her name, and uh, and the subject line is why Catholics should avoid Harry Potter a personal experience. So let me share this story with you. She says, when my children were young, Harry Potter books and movies were all the rage. I really didn't, I didn't really think anything of them as my kids neither liked to read nor watch movies for the most part. One day, my son's daycare provider pulled me aside at pickup and informed me that all the kids from K6 were, were, were uh, reading, were read, were read to from one of the Harry Potter books. But she knew that I wouldn't approve, so she had my son make some crafts instead. I remember looking at her curiously and thought this was quite odd. I could not think of a single thing that would lead her to believe this about me. Although I was raised Catholic, I was hardly formed in the faith, and I really had no opinion about the Harry Potter books or movies yet. Fast forward five years. By 2007, I had realized I was entirely unfit to pass on the faith to my children, and the public school was undermining what little I was trying to teach them. A group of parents, also ill-equipped, decided with the help of, of a very well-formed veteran school teacher to start a school with a classical curriculum steeped in the Catholic faith. Turns out there's a national organization that supports such, uh, uh, just, uh, such endeavors, and they held an annual conference at Ave Maria University and then in Naples, Florida. Um, At the 2007 conference, the keynote speaker was was Father Chris Crotty, who was uh, was at the time from the Fathers of Mercy, and he was an exorcist for that order. He gave a talk on the dangers of Harry Potter. I remember I was only half interested, as still my kids did not read for pleasure or even enjoy going to the movies. How could this possibly interest me? What I vividly do recall from his talk were three things. Father Crotty said, number one, young people that exhibit signs of demonic attachment invariably will have something in their bedroom that will give a clue as to how the evil spirit became attached to them. These items include a Ouija board, tarot cards, crystals, among a list of occult practices or charms. Number two, we, we wittingly or unwittingly open ourselves to evil spirits in a whole host of ways that we need to be mindful mindful of and avoid such things. Number three, uh, J.K. Rowling studied and was inspired by uh, Aleister Crowley. I guess that's what the priest had said, so I'm just reading the email. Uh, and was uh, A known Satanist, the incantations in her book are real. Some woman burned her house down after reciting one of them, and the stories promote the use of black magic and justify its use by using it for good. Don't ask me, I still don't. I still know nothing about these books, so I had to take the. I, so I had to take this exorcist word for it. A lot of heads were bobbing in the packed auditorium, but again, I was only half listening. I had good friends whose kids ate up these books and couldn't wait for the next movie to be released. I really formed no firm opinion either way yet. A few weeks after attending the conference, I was back home in Connecticut, and the and the news twenty four seven was about a horrific crime in which a family's home was broken into, the husband was beaten, the mother was brutally raped and strangled to death, 
and the two daughters, 17 and 11, the youngest was also brutally raped, were tied to their beds, doused with gasoline, and the house was set on fire. You couldn't escape this news in Connecticut. It was such a shockingly horrendous crime. And such an outstanding family. One night during this news cycle, I could not sleep. I turned on the TV and started channel surfing. I, I stopped on one of the many newscasts covering this crime and remembering, asking God, how could such so much evil be unleashed on such a nice family? No sooner had I uttered this question when the newscaster ended her stating, uh, yeah, ended, her, uh, uh, yeah, ended her report. Uh, <clears throat> I just lost my place here. Uh, yeah, it says, uh, no sooner had I uttered the question when the newscaster ended her, her report to emphasize how all-American this family was. The newscaster said, quote, and the girls went to bed that night reading their Harry Potter books, close quote. Every hair in my body stood at attention. Was this the definitive proof I needed to stay away from the series of books and movies? I don't know about you, but I did the math in my head. What are the chances I would wake up in the middle of the night what are the chances I would land on that particular newscast? What are the chances I would stop to listen to a story so upsetting and, and, and I had heard all the gruesome details many times already? What are the chances it would, be, it would be the one newscaster who mentioned the tidbit of information? I had neither heard that piece before or since. What are the chances she would answer my personal question to God right after I had asked God? My opinion was now formed. So Dan, that's just an anecdotal evidence of just one of the listeners uh, that we that we have to the show. Uh, again, God works in mysterious ways, and she was basically she was wondering, are these books should should my daughters read them? Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And then she watches this uh, newscast about this family that was horrendously killed, and she hears an exorcist speaking over in Florida in 2007, and she says, "Well, I think God is speaking to me pretty loud and clear." Dan, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that was a really well-written email. And, and um, again, anecdotal, personal experience, but, but there's something in it with the, um, you know, the, the census fide that's kind of kicks up about this. And, and, and it doesn't seem to be an issue that it's not going away. People are still talking about it in Catholic circles. So I'm, I'm glad that, that uh, we're taking it on and you, 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 you've taken this on as well. So I think it's fantastic that we Again, you could, it doesn't matter if it's Harry Potter or if it's if it's uh, other other areas of culture. It's learning spiritual warfare is learning detecting clean from unclean. And again, it goes back to the initial segment we talked about the shield um, and the authority structure and and what you're going to allow into your house is is very important. Um, uh, you know, for 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 Catholic parents to to discern prayerfully. Dan, I want to mention something about J.K. Rowling. She she became a billionaire as a result of these books she wrote and these movies. And here's something interesting that most people don't know. Uh, it could be a big nothing, but it could be something as well. Uh, J.K. Rowling a couple of years ago revealed that she she etched on her wrist on uh, a Latin tattoo. Uh, the Latin tattoo reads "Solve et coagula," which means dissolve and coagulate. This uh, this salve refers to breaking down of elements, while coagula points to a coming together. And uh, the quote she she put this tattoo after she wrote her books and became super famous. And the quote is rooted in medieval alchemy and is more simply defined as separating and joining together. And uh, it seems the quote 
underpins J.K. Rowling's first Potter novel. The novel's called The Philosopher's Stone, which relies on the principle of solving it coagulate by turning base metals into gold. And uh, and I'll tell you what's what's interesting as well is that the demon Baphomet, who we reject and rebuke and renounce in Jesus' name, Father Ripperger calls him the fifth general under Satan, the demon of child sacrifice, and this is also the mascot for the temple of Satan here in the United States. Uh, this this demon deity, Baphomet, uh, on, if you look at the statue, on both the arms of this demon deity, you have the Latin words salve and coagula. Uh, which again, to me, this is a this is a usurpation of 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 the of the biblical phrase to bind and to loose. Uh, you know, this is the opposite of to bind and to loose. Christ's power that He gave to the Pope, Christ's power that He gave to the apostles. This is the exact inversion. It's to dissolve and coagulate. And to me, this is basically a usurpation or a mockery of bind and loose. And what's interesting is also is that J.K. Rowling, what after she becomes rich and famous as a result of writing these 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 uh you know sorcerer books uh she puts on this tattoo and this tattoo is also found on this demon deity called Baphomet i find that more than a coincidence dan you know i mean yeah i think i think her 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 out, openness and that was the B, uh, bbc article um you know this this is not just speculation and blog sites another bbc article uh she's asked you get some flack in the United States because people say it's satanic. And she says, well, it is, John. It is satanic. And I think it now is the night to say it. Thank you for enabling me to say that. It's a great, great relief and liberation. I have to say, I have to say that I have a PR person here with me tonight. She's sitting with her head in her hands at this moment. <laughs> and um, it goes back also, the, the, the original statement that gets, um, I, I like the, how, how certain uh, Christian or Catholic apologists to try to distort what Benedict, not address what he says as Pope as as Rads Cardinal Ratzinger when he was asked by a sociologist Gabriele Kuba Kubi, a German sociologist, she said when she wrote a book against Harry Potter, he said, and his his comments were good to enlighten people about Harry Potter because of the, these are subtle subductions which act unnoticed. And by this, and by this, deeply distorts Christianity in the soul before it can grow properly. And so, one of the dangers we see is not only is it satanic and, and or, or occultic, uh, promulgating and 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 pushing um, occulting uh, occult magic, etc. Um, she admits it. And another thing, she says she makes a distinction that that in 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 other religions, um, she says in religion, of course, you're looking outside of yourself for support, right? Yeah. While in the appeal, the appeal of magic is that we ourselves have the power and we can shape our own world. And so we see, again, everything in the occult is a distortion of 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 the truth of the Catholic faith. And so we have power in us. We are we are born in the image of God. Baptism uh, gives the likeness of God. God dwells in us. Um, the, the great uh, power of God living in us. As his children, we, we become in the Eastern Church, they call it divinization. In the Western Church, they call it sanctification. The power of God in us. It is Christ in you, your hope for glory. This is not sufficient for the occultists. The occultists want, they want controlling. 
of uh, a manipulation of the material wor world. They want instant satisfaction and gratification for their desires. And so when a child at that age, when he, is he or she is most open to vocation, he's created for God. As St. Augustine said, we were created for God and our hearts long for thee, right? We search the world restless, he says in his own experience, that we, we have a, a key-sized hole in our soul that only God, the key, will fit into, so to speak. We're made and oriented to God. And at an early age, when vocations are heard, when, when we are most open to the supernatural, to a relationship with God, at that moment, we come in with the subtle seduction, uh, Cardinal Ra then Cardinal Raffinger called it, the subtle seduction of this false truth. And for those, you know, the, I, you, you also hear just, oh, it's okay, because, you know, um, some people can handle it. Some people cannot. If your faith is, it's not for everybody, right? If, if you, if you're tempted to that sort of thing, maybe you shouldn't do mess with Harry Potter, but other people can read it and it's not a problem at all. And, and I would just say, well, if that's the case, then, then should we let our four boys look at the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition? Because some of them can handle it and some of them cannot. Or even better, would you want your 16-year-old daughter going on a date with a guy who just looked at the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition for an hour? He looked at all those pictures. Do you want him to go on a date with your daughter? I don't think so. And so the subtle seductions, you could make the same arguments for Harry Potter. Well, it's really just, it's really good versus evil. There's nothing wrong with, you know, uh, with, with you know, empowerment of children, human empowerment. At the very core of the series, is it's a, it's, it's a complete knock on the human person. And, 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 and even the, even the, the non-magicians are called mudbloods. And this is the way the demon sees us. He sees us as mud suits. He sees us as dirt sacks. <laughs> Hold that thought, Dan. Hold that thought. Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Dan Schneider, talking about uh, bad reading, Harry Potter books and, and, uh, and other books just like it. We'll be right back. Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Dr. Dan Schneider talking about uh, bad reading in general, but specifically uh, an email that somebody sent one of the listeners about the effects of the Harry Potter book. Then it was funny, back in 2019 when we went to that, uh, Anita and myself attended the Liberal Crystal training over, uh, you were there, you're one of the instructors, you, uh, uh, Kyle Clement and, and, and Father Ripperger, it was, uh, it was at some retreat house or something. The the room where I was at had a Harry Potter book, and I and and I saw it in the evening. I didn't, I didn't, you know. The, the next morning when I woke up, I was looking through the shelf. I saw Harry Potter book. I said, "Hey, this book was here all night when I was sleeping here," you know. So I took the book, and I took it down to the little hall where we were, where we were, where you guys were giving the lectures. And I I said, "I'm not gonna put, I'm not gonna sleep again uh, another night in that room with a Harry Potter book." So it wasn't mine, and obviously it was just you know it, it belonged to the room where I was staying at. But I said, you know, while I'm while I'm here in the next two nights, I'm not going to have this room, in, this book in my room. So I took it down to the little the little hall where we were at, where the lectures were being given. And I put it next to the bathroom. And I said, OK, you know, when I leave, I'll take it back and put it back in the room because it's not mine to throw away. It's not my property. But for now, I'm going to just put it somewhere else. So I, I brought it down. I figured Father Chad Ripperger was there. There's a lot of prayer, so I'll, I'll leave it in the hall where we're at. And I put it next to the bathroom. Well, guess what happened within about within about 10 minutes after I put the Harry Potter book 
right up against the wall next to the, the, the male and female restrooms, all the plumbing went out. All the plumbing went <laughs> out. And, and the, the owners of the facility said, this has never happened. They had, they had to call a plumber and, and to unclog everything. They said, this has never happened before in our facility. We're so embarrassed. I didn't tell them. I didn't tell them, oh, I took a Harry Potter book and put it right next to the bathrooms. And this is probably why this happened because they don't like Father Ripperger and they don't like Kyle Clement and they don't like Dr. Schneider and especially <laughs> the information that we're receiving. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just I just found that kind of curious because the owners told me we're so sorry this has never happened before or uh, we've never had problems with the plumbing here, yeah. But they had problems when I took the book from the room where I was at, brought it to the hall, put it in, in between the male and female bathroom on the floor, leaning up against the wall, and all the plumbing went out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, and the owners of the of that retreat house. Um, we're kind of a, uh, unapologetic, uh, unapologetic in the defense of Harry Potter. They said, "Hey, don't get rid of that book. That's mine." Yeah, and, and I told, yeah, so, I'm not going to get rid of it. I told him, I said, "I'll yeah, put it back." Yeah, we can. Yeah, we've gone to. We found a better place now. Uh, a, a really fantastic place for our weekly training. Uh, that's that's uh, vibrantly Catholic and and uh, outside of Louisiana on the border. Excellent. Um, yeah. Hey, so. Dan, I want to make a comment because we, we we talked about or in the first segment about that word hupatasso. You know, it's a it's a military term that means to rank under. You know, the wife ranks under. It's a, it's a Greek word. You know, that means that uh, I'm looking here at the Greek dictionary it says to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. And obviously, the husband's the leader in this instance. Well, having said that, as a lay Catholic, I know that I rank under priest. So when priest, priest of the most high God, some of them being exorcists, when they warn me about Harry Potter, guess what? I'm going to hupatasso. Since I rank under them, I'm going to submit to their, uh, their spiritual authority. And there are many priests then that have spoken out about the dangers of the Harry Potter book. And yet you still have lay Catholics that say, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing to see here. Move on, move on. You know, just they just dismiss these priests. Once again, yeah. the Catholic Church is a military structure. If a priest is speaking on faith and morals and he's watching out for our souls and they're speaking out about the dangers of something that's that that's occultic, I think lay Catholics should stand down and listen. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, one of those, the first to really speak out after Cardinal Ratzinger, which is significant enough, um, and I, I don't, I, I've heard the argument that well, he was just being nice, and, you know, he would say that to anybody. No, I think he was, there was no, it, it, Cardinal Ratzinger was always extremely precise in his language. Every statement that he made, he made with precision. Um, he's one of those, one of those academics, and, and was one of those genius brains that he spoke and his writing and his speaking were the exact same level of, of, of intellection. I mean, he was a brilliant man. When he said that about the subtle seductions, this should have, this sent shockwaves because a lot of Catholics were just buying into this. And then another one is Father Remorth. I, it's interesting how someone would say, well, I like Father Remorth, what he says on this. On you know, I like reading his books about what the demon's doing and all this cool stuff. That's really interesting. But I'm not gonna I'm gonna ignore him on that. So before we get into some modern exorcist and modern um priests, here's what Father Remorth says. She said, um, you start off with Harry Potter, uh, who comes across as a likable wizard, but you end up with the devil. There's no doubt that the signature of the Prince of Darkness is clearly within these books. 
By reading Harry Potter, a young child would be drawn into magic. From and from there is a simple step to Satanism and the devil. Um, he made other remarks a, a few years prior. Um, behind Harry Potter hides the signature of the King of Darkness, the devil. And so we see in Harry Potter not a battle of good versus evil. You have a, you have white magic versus versus dark magic, and we see both of those elements. Um, and, and the work that we do, you see people that get entangled in the diabolic through white magic and through dark magic. And so in, in Harry Potter, you have dark magic versus light magic or white magic. But Father Morth also says that there's no such thing as white magic. All magic, all magic is, has a recourse to Satan. And so and so and from that sense, J.K. Rowling was just being very honest that this is it is satanic. Because because all magic has recourse to Satan. This is also echoed in Catechism 2116. We also could argue that Father Remorth isn't just a, a renowned exorcist. Uh, Father Father Ripperger wrote the introduction to the book uh, um, on his life, which I did the, the, the sub, you know, substance of editing on, developmental editing on the autobiography by, put out by 10 books. Uh, you can get on, on at their webpage. He, he calls Father Morth an approved author. Now, that's a loaded phrase, an approved author. And so an approved author is not just an expert in the field. It's an expert in the field that is magisterially or by a pope. And so, and so he argues that, that Morth is an approved author, not just an, a renowned exorcist. So as an approved author, he has weight. And so when he, when he, when he, when he echoes Cardinal, his boss, Cardinal Ratzinger, when he echoes him uh, and his statements and, and, and vice versa, you're looking at something. I'm not saying this is magisterial, but it certainly has a lot more weight than a lay person or a lay person that, that this offers their, their, their informed opinion uh, on the matter. Not to mention, you mentioned other exorcists besides Father Ripperger. Yeah, there's a slew of them, Dan. Yeah. And there's a, a, a you know, father, you know, and there's a slew of good, very, very solid Orthodox priests that warn us about Father Donald Calloway. Yeah, I mean, everybody likes Father Calloway, for example. You know, we like Father Calloway. Who who doesn't like? He's a he's a man's man. He's a straight shooter. Uh, um, he he is. Uh, I mean, he's a fellow hillbilly. Uh, he's even more hillbilly than me. Um, and and he's a likable guy, an intelligent guy. He's a Mary a Mariologist. Yeah. Uh, Father Calloway. Father David Nix, uh, another one. Um, uh, um, you've listened. Father Lampert uh, is another popular, famous exorcist. Um, you, it, it's it, so, and uh, Father Jim Costigan, right? Father Chris Crotty, Fathers of Mercy. Um, so you have good, good men, good, well-informed priests. In addition to to Cardinal Ratzinger, and and the Father Amorth, Gabriel Amorth, all with experience with the diabolic. Men who understand the subtleties and they understand the evil uh, of it are echoing the same thing. You don't hear an extra saying, "Yeah, it's no problem. It's just fiction. It's just well, it's just fiction." You you don't you won't hear an extra say that. Yeah, again, because Dan, as Catholics, I mean, this is why Saint Paul says in Romans chapter twelve, verse two. Do not be conformed to the spirit of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The battles in the mind. This is exactly Saint Joan of Arc said. This is what uh, St. Joan of Arc said the following quote, all battles are first won or lost in the mind. And this is why the Bible is very clear, but we have to guard our mind. Take your thoughts captive to Christ right. Jesus. 
Uh, I mean, over and over again, we have these exhortations about renewing the mind, you know, uh, put on the mind of Christ, take your thoughts captive to Christ Jesus. Dan, uh, here's, here's the problem. Now, a person, let's just say a person is going to read the Harry Potter books because they're going to write uh, a piece, maybe like Michael O'Brien, where he's got for Ignatius Press, where he wrote uh, basically why these books are, are bad, why these books uh, shouldn't be read by Catholics, why these books... Uh, again, uh, you know, are, are dangerous, are dangerous to the uninformed mind. So he read those books because he was, he was writing back from a Catholic perspective to, to warn Catholics about the dangers contained in the books. But if a Catholic is reading these books just out of curiosity, and they're low-information Catholics, which I just described, you know, half of, half of America, uh, that's dangerous. That, that ing- those ingredients, being a low-information Catholic probably living in a state of mortal sin, not going to Mass on Sundays, not having a prayer life, then reading these books out of curiosity, nothing good is going to come out of that mixture. No. Here's another good pundit uh, from the book uh, uh, Current Concerns, uh, a a journal. Um, The world is inhabited by three races, mud, half, and pure-blooded. The mud-blooded, their ancestors are only, they're they're mud-blooded, their ancestors are only muggles, humans, half-bloods, or half-magicians, half-muggle, the pure-blooded have only magicians among their ancestors. So the pure-blooded are the ones that practice the dark, you know, dark arts. A brain flies through the air, a magic wand impales an eyeball, a monster drones, bow down before death. Oh, Amputated body parts and blood are the sacrifice needed in order to restore the body to the truly evil hero Voldemort before whom Harry bows down. This mixture of racism, violence, and occultism is not something to be taken from a bloody slash film. It is rather the content of a very successful contemporary children's book, the fifth volume of the Harry Potter series by wow. J.K. Rowling, etc. So, I mean, when you look at it objectively, you know, you looked at it objectively, but we're losing that Catholic sensibility and Catholic lens. Uh, um, and so when you look at it objectively, it's some pretty dark stuff. It's some pretty dark stuff. And, and um, again, going back to the cat, let me read what the catechism says. All forms of divination are to be rejected. Recourse to Satan are demons conjuring up the dead or practices falsely proposed, supposed to unveil the future. All these things happen on a daily basis at Hogwarts, okay? Consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretation of omens. Hold that thought, Dan. Hold that thought, my friend. Okay. Wednesday, War College. We'll be right back. Stick around. We're talking about Harry Potter. Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Dr. Dan Schneider. Full disclosure, I've never read the Harry Potter books. I've never watched a Harry Potter movie. But I've also never driven a car 120 miles an hour. I've never used heroin. I've never used coke. I've never killed somebody. I've never robbed a person. I don't have to do these things to know that they're wrong. I don't have to do these things to know that they're immoral and dangerous. Common sense and natural law and the census fidelium tells me that these things are wrong. And so by way of analogy, Dan, I don't have to read the Harry Potter books to know that this is uh, what the church used to call pre-1965 impious literature, impious, impiety, which means ungodly, unholy, immoral, sinful, uh, irreverent, blasphemous. I, I don't have to read 
uh, again, impious literature. I don't have to read the, 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 uh, the satanic Bible to know that it's impious literature. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, Catholics, we've got to take the moral high ground on this. And we can't go- compromise our faith, our gospel principles, just because uh, Hollywood is marketing and selling and, and promoting, uh, you know, the reading of myths and sorcery and witchcraft. As Catholics, uh, you know, we, we've got to go against the grain. We've got to go against the tight end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the, uh, the catechism in 216 and 2117 are worth the listeners to look at. List off all these things, and again, all these things are happening uh, in these in these book series. Um, mediums to conceal desire for power over time, history, and the last analysis over other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear we owe to God alone. It it, it dirties that purity in a child, um, uh, particularly the, the the baptized child who is now geared in order towards god um the list off other practices sorcery and magic one tries to attain occult powers place them at one service to have supernatural power over others as kyle always says manipulation is the lowest form of witchcraft whenever you can and, and this comes from his, his his experience and and whenever you can whenever you see manipulation you can smell the diabolic at work um Recourse to so-called traditional cures does not justify either the invocation of evil powers or the exploitation of another's credulity. San Alfonso's uh, a quote um, um, from that you put that you sent to me on San Alfonso's one good what does he say one good book um, can ruin a monastery right one bad book one, one back one bad book yeah one bad book uh, is enough to destroy an entire convent of holy nuns why I'll tell you a story about a monk friend of mine. Um, he was 10 years at the monastery um, before he finally left. On his first week at the monastery, this young monk, he very, very realistic. And I'm not saying this is a bad book. The, the impact of what one book can do to a monk. So he goes in on his, his first week and he says, Lord, I've come here to become a saint. I, I've come here to serve you, uh, uh, you know, and become a holy, become a saint. Guide me to the book. Guide me to the book you want me to read in this naive he goes in, he closes his eyes, and he just grabs a book out of the bookshelf in the library. And it says, it was a book called A Saints, Married Saint, no, Married married Catholics Who Became Saints Through the Vocation of Marriage, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And it put him for 10 years into a turmoil. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't have to come here. So the demon is all over that, constantly projecting for 10 years. He finally left the monastery because he thought I, I can become a saint as, as a married person. Now that lasted about a year and, and he came back with his hat in his hand. The abbot graciously took him back. So, um, but that's, that's not even a bad book. And look at the impact on an innocent, naive person, wow. uh, what that did to him that really just messed with his vocation at a deep level. Now imagine taking a child that's got a vocation to the priesthood. A child that's got a vocation to a, a religious life, a religious, a young woman that wants to do her consecrator virginity. And she's shown that, wait a minute, you can have more power if you if you do this over here. And it just distracts you from vocation. So learning the power of, 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 of our reading, we, we shouldn't waste our temp our spiritual goods on temporal things and temporal reasons, certainly not on on things that are that are that that glorify aspects of humanity that are denounced by the Catholic Church and proved authors and seasoned experienced exorcists. 
<clears throat> Dan, uh, J.K. Rowling's back in 2014. Uh, they uh, they did an interview with her. It's, it's on Empire News over in London, England. And she admitted in this interview, you could read the interview, it's on it's on EmpireNews.com. She admitted that she wrote the Harry Potter books to convert kids to Wicca. Here, here's what she says. She says this. When I write, when I sleep, when I practice, she says, when I practice magic, when I go to the bank to deposit my billion dollar Harry Potter checks, she says, my secret was like my horcrux. He's, he's a character in one of the books. And now I've destroyed it so my soul can be whole again for the witches. J.K. Rowling said, It's about time that I tell the world that I'm a strong supporter of Wicca. I truly believe in its benefits as a religion. I wrote Harry Potter to please the mother goddess. They needed new followers and they needed young followers. I wrote the series to manipulate young minds into believing witchcraft was real and it worked. Dan, I'm just taking her at her word. I mean, I know you got Catholics that defend her. I'm just taking her at her word. She's admitted that the books are satanic to the BBC. She's admitted to Empire News that she wrote this as a recruitment tool for young people to get into witchcraft. Uh, she, she told Oprah Winfrey, as you quoted earlier, that, yeah, you know, in religion, they, they seek outside support. But while the appeal is, of magic is that we ourselves have power and we can shape our world. It, to me, it sounds like she's telling children, hey, kids, you don't need God. You don't need organized religion. Look to the power within you that I can give you through witchcraft. That's what it sounds to me like. That's what it sounds like to me, Dan. Exactly. And and the Christian, that's an exact counter argument in, in subtle seduction using Ratzinger's words, a subtle seduction of the power that is within you. It is Christ in you, your hope for glory, right? The indwelling presence of the triune God in the soul of the baptized. This, this is a powerful reality. Uh, uh, this, this, is, this is a profound reality. Chesterton said, man could be blind to, such a th- to anything as long as it's big enough. This is a huge truth of the Catholic faith. The baptized soul is a temple of the living God. That's true power. The power of God within you, uh, um, 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 dwelling and living in and through you, right? That God assumes our human nature. The, the, what, what is St. Irenaeus, second century doctor of the church? The glory of God, the glory of man is a vision of God, and the glory of God is man fully alive. And so man fully incorporated into the mystical body, Fully incorporated into the and in, in, in ontologically changed to be a, a temple of the triune God. That's power. That's the reality of the Catholic faith. And what 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 Rowling is doing here is a complete inversion. And again, using Cardinal Ratzinger's subtle seduction. There's a reason he used that phrase. And it diverts the faith away from the true and living God. Then I also think that the Harry Potter series. I think this would fall into what the Bible would call worldly wisdom, worldly wisdom. In 1 Corinthians 3.19, the Bible says, For the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. For it is written, I will catch the wise in their own craftiness. Uh, yeah, this, this witchcraft, divination, superstition, this is foolishness to God because it's an abomination to God. And I think this is the wisdom of the world that's really promoted by Hollywood and New York, the big media capitals of the world. 
And uh, you also have St. James, the cousin of Jesus in James chapter three, verse 14 and 15. He says, be not liars against the truth for this is not wisdom descending from above, but is earthly, sensual or devilish. So St. James talks about two types of wisdom. One that comes from heaven, I would call that the word of God. And then one that comes from the world or one that, one that is earthly. And he says it's devilish. I would say that the Harry Potter series falls under devilish wisdom. This is not wisdom that comes from on high. Yeah, here's a good quote from Pius, Pope St. Pius X, um, talking about priests. He said, in our own day, alas, it is the contrary that happens all too frequently. Members of the clergy allow their minds to be overcome gradually by the darkness of doubt and turn aside to worldly pursuits. The chief reason that that is they prefer to read a variety of other works and newspapers, which are full of cunningly propounded errors and corruption, rather than the divine books and other pious literature. That phrase, pious literature, we've lost that, the difference between the pious and the impious. This is the language of the church. Be on your guard, beloved sons, talking to priests. Do not trust your own experience in mature years. Do not be deluded by the vain hope that you can thus serve better the general good. Meaning I can read all this stuff because I can understand people better. The extreme of that we've talked about, there was a seminary that you told me about that they would force the seminarians to watch pornography because so they could have an understanding of the temptations, what's going on in the world. <laughs> that is an absolute disaster of a decision. Um, do not in Camarillo. Yeah. What's that? St. John's Seminary in Camarillo, yeah. California. Let's just be straight. This is what this is what some of these priests have suffered through. Pius X, a generation ago, said, "Don't even read the, the, like the newspapers and these worldly things. If you get too focused on them, you lose sight. Read the scriptures. Read the teachings, the writings of the saints, the teachings of the church. Do not transgress the limits which are determined by the laws of the church, or go beyond what is suggested by prudence and charity. Anyone who admits this poison into his soul will rarely escape the disastrous consequences of the evil thus introduced." So you, we have to be aware of what's going on in the world. This isn't head in the sand uh, uh, Catholicism, but we have to also be careful of not letting this, this stuff into, into our minds and being very careful about what we read. Well, Dan, you know what I would say to Catholics that defend this? I would just say to my brother Catholics that defend the Harry Potter series, I would say uh, <laughs> what St. Paul said in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, Oh, stupid Galatians, who has bewitched you? That's all I can say. I mean, uh, the, 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 you will know a good tree by their fruits. And I would just say that the Harry Potter series has borne nothing but bad fruit. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very popular. It's, it's, um, again, it's very seductive. It, it, it's, it, 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 it scratches an itch that is ingrained into children. Um, and it's a false, it's, it's, it's a sugary, it's, it's a cotton candy for the intellect um yeah and it's and it's, and it's a, again it's a false spirituality that militates in complete opposition and contrary to the teachings and writings of the church well said dan good stuff hey hope you enjoyed the show i sure did uh get get the show and uh you know pass it on to your family and friends and evangelize people that that want to hear some uh some good catechesis on why harry potter is not the best thing that you should have in your shelf up next, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. As for me and Dr. Dan Schneider, we are out. EOW, end of watch. Our tour is over. We'll see you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. God bless you. Keep the faith.